escape to the metaverse but act like you know yeah you are now tuned into the matthew and rizzle show yeah uh, escape to the metaverse better act like you know you are now tuned into the matthew and rizzle show yeah Out the NS name that I've been waiting for, for like six months. Finally, yeah, talking to Brooklyn commenting on how it's like weird vibes in the space right now. It seems like every week, like people are giving up that have been like out there and you like have made some comment about it. I wasn't familiar with whatever this artist or whoever. Shit's like still pretty fun and everything. I'm not going to NFT NYC. Are you going? I'm going to New York. Yeah, definitely not going to the, the conference. Fuck that place. You can totally shit on NFT NYC. Yeah, as sure. everyone's on the same page as us. Like conferences are, are like 99% like not events to attend, but they're good anchors to bring everyone together at the same time. People leaving the space, Scott Pigeon had that weird announcement. He's also like not a native English speaker and he's been tweeting since then, so he like didn't literally leave. Continuing <laughs> <laughs> to like tinker around with AI stuff, cool stuff going on in that sphere too. Claire, okay, so we've been doing like some cool stuff like using ChatGPT to write code to make generative art or whatever, which I was like actually filling around with just for fun and it's like more complicated than it sounds cool yeah let's kick it off i'm just imagining and channeling robot lady aka dragonate's voice in my head right now recording started okay we're recording all right we're live this is matthew aka nifty time with my dude rizzle as always coming back recording tuesday ahead of the wednesday published date for the new episode of mars the matthew and rizzle show bro are you going to new york city next week nft nyc is that a thing this year Dude, this is the first year that I'm not going, actually, since like the very, very beginning when we went uh, with like Connie Digital, uh, you know, early on, there was like not that many people there or whatever. Uh, And I've gone to every other one since then. Uh, But, uh, you know, with I I think if Rizzlefest didn't end up being the week right after, I would consider it much more strongly. But when we originally planned that, NFT NYC was like three months earlier than it is now. And those things ended up colliding. And I was in East Denver last month, which was actually like a pretty good experience. Uh, and so all that, you know, combined, I'm like, I don't know, is there really any reason for me to go to NFT NYC, especially since like, saw a lot of people that were worth meeting up with, you know, last month in East Denver, and then we'll be seeing a lot of people at Rizzlefest, like on the other side of NFT NYC. And I, I don't know, man, it, honestly, I've had like a good time like not at the conference uh but going to nft nyc each year or or, like going to (laughs) to nyc during nft nyc each year to just sort of like do the side things and uh you know network and meet people and and that kind of thing but uh i don't know man i i mean something could change i suppose but like just didn't see the need to do that again um I don't know, man. I, I know you said you're going and I'm not trying to like shit on anyone going. We can shit on the conference itself. But, uh, you know, I, I get why people go. Uh, what, what are you mostly going for this year? Yeah, like you're saying, and I think we've said this every year since we went to the first NFT NYC, where we're like, fuck the conference, but go to NYC during the conference. Yeah, because everyone is there. It's it's greatest value is being the biggest anchor event for nfts i think out there nfts writ large like all the the verticals in the whole space because everyone does go there for the most part although this year there's some notable absentees i mean you're there there's a lot of people that are just kind of like eh. there's a million other conferences these days where like their crews are at they don't need to go to nft and see anymore it's not a need to go to event anymore 
it really is changing quite quickly. And I think a lot of people have just frankly been turned off by one, like the crazy amount of speakers that are somehow like greater than the number of attendees, which is hilarious to me. And just like the overall lack of quality, like it, it's it's a meme now how terrible the displays are at the like NFT NYC slash NFT like London events. It's just garbage. Like there's no thought put into it. It's just kind of like a spray and pray approach. Um, I mean, I'm going with uh, a few other folks from Nifty Gateway. My focus obviously is events outside um, and like meetings and dinners and, and gatherings with folks that are, are not at the actual conference. Stoked to to meet up with like OSF and uh, Crypto Jisoo, um, a whole bunch of other folks. Tubador is going to be there, and uh, really, really stoked to head over to the Mocha Church uh, over the weekend. That's oh, cool. actually like the, the highlight of the trip. I've been really excited to make a pilgrimage up there and see what Coborn has got going on uh, <laughs> in the old church, now repurposed for crypto art and artists. So yeah. That's that's my plan for next week before heading out the week after uh, to Tennessee for Rizzlefest. Dude, that's a solid plan. I think that's pretty much what I would do if I was going to be in the area. The pilgrimage to the to the Mocha Church sounds worth going for, like almost just by itself, to be honest with you. That's like and and dude, that's like the difference. Uh, I, I think uh, I can't remember who I was saying. I think I was on the podcast with DK uh, Decline last week or whatever, and we were talking about how. Like, you know, some of these things have just sort of lost their like sense of adventure, uh, especially like early on, like, you know, going to some of these conferences was like so exciting before they became like all the same like thing mashed on repeat. Uh, But you sprinkle in something like a, you know, field trip to the, you know, actual church that, you know, holds the Museum of Crypto Art. I'm like, that's that's exciting, man. That's like a different type of experience. Uh, dude, I just re- I remember like even we we saw this coming like early on, man, at that like very early NFT NYC. Uh, it was like a giant. We, we, it was like being inside of a giant commercial. Even then there was like, you know, 50 people in the audience and like 50 sponsors on like flashing screens, like all around us or, or whatever. So, you know, I, I guess in a lot of ways, it's not surprising that this is the direction that they've gone just trying to like, uh, you know, cram as many bodies as, in as many places and advertisers and speakers and everything as, as humanly possible. Uh, and and you're right, dude, it has actually like sort of become a meme in itself. And I, dude, I feel like they missed the opportunity to really like solidify themselves as that anchor because certainly for a while they were like ground zero for everything that was happening in the NFT world, but they, they didn't really do a great job of catering to that. It just seems like they tried to like capitalize on that crowd as much as possible. And, and now you're right. I feel like it's starting to spread out a little bit. People, uh, there are like prominent NFT events going on and conferences in like different parts of the world now. So why, why, why need to come to NFT NYC unless it was like a really killer event that was like, you know, well curated and like, you know, lined up and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone, it's it's cool, too, to see how everyone else naturally sort of arrives at the same page. It's like, yeah, that's really not a great experience, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then seeing the alternatives sprout up, like Mon NFT Summit, Historical NFT Summit, um, Eek Lisbon, uh, places that are, are more focused on specific niches that have, like, really curated 
um, speaker panels or lists that you can sort of like build upon. And it's not like a multi-day event where you're like, okay, do I do the conference today and like miss out on all these other side events? It's like, no, like there's the event and then like before and after, then people can start layering on other experiences. So you're not competing or vying for attention and cannibalizing or taking away from what other folks have worked so hard uh, to create. Then if you want to see it's like at any given time, concurrently, there's going to be like five to 500 things that people have a choice of of picking from, which is just, it's just too much. It's too much and it's like literally unfair to, to everyone involved. But again, it's going to be fun once folks actually arrive, get boots on the ground, start meeting up, going out, eating and totally. stuff like that. So all the shortcomings, honestly, like during the week of for folks that go there, dissipate, evaporate, disappear. Um, and then afterwards, it's like, yeah, fuck the conference. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, dude, I agree. But yeah, when when push comes to shove, all these things are like a pretty good time once once you actually get there. Uh, but to your point about it being like so spread out, man, you know, again had a had a pretty positive experience in East Denver. Uh, there were a lot of spread out things. It wasn't nearly as bad as the scale of NFT NYC is. But uh, I feel like that's one of the other things that sort of uh, has gotten has dissipated over the years was that you know you could count on for for a little while there in the beginning if you went to something like nft nyc you knew it was going to be like a meeting of the minds like somewhere there somewhere in nyc was just about everyone you wanted to meet up with uh and now that's it's just almost the case for none of these conferences anymore you know what i mean there's no there's no like one central location and there's no one conference or two conferences you can really pick and be like, okay, this this is going to check all the boxes. You sort of have to like piecemeal them together, depending on like you know what you're doing at the moment and who's going where and and you know who you need to meet up with or want to meet up with and everything. And and uh, I don't know, it's become like a, a lot more of like a task uh, than in the beginning when it was just like, okay, I know these are the things people are going to, and if I want to see everybody, I got to get there too, type of thing. Well, I mean, that's like a, a reflection of the space and how much it's grown, right? And yeah. now it's it's all very, very specific too. Like you need to choose like the art side of things or like the, the virtual gaming side of things or like the collectible cringe side of things or whatever. <laughs> Versus like when we, we went, it was like anywhere we went, we would bump into like the Axie family, the OpenSea family, the super rare family, Scent was there. Um, like uh, the other early project, Marble, right? Um, like and Jin, like the whole entirety, basically, of like the metaverse. Andrew Steinwald and Josie and stuff like that. Everyone was fucking there at the same place at every 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 moment, which was such a special thing to be a part of in retrospect. But yeah, I mean, those days are are far far yeah. away now. Yeah, it's fun to reminisce, man. Like, you know, it's and it's almost hard to believe the you almost that entire cast of characters that you just mentioned, like there were no side events like early on. And so, you know, there I think there was some point that people reached they had had enough conference and then it's like, well, uh, where does everyone go? Okay, we just all ended up at this like bar or whatever with like yeah, some of the some of the biggest legends uh, you know, in this space at this point in time, uh, just sort of you know, putting their heads together, all having met up at this weird conference or whatever. Um, it's cool to see who's stuck around. 
uh, and we were, we were talking a little bit before this. It's crazy to see like during the time, which which really hasn't been like too too long in like real human years, not like you know crypto years. Uh, you know, during the time where that that infamous you know d- dive bar hangout or whatever happened with all these legends. Like so many people have like popped up and disappeared and popped up and disappeared and like huge players have entered and then like disappeared. Uh, but all those people you mentioned who were there like early on uh, are still uh, still in it, man, and, and like doing big things. I'm sure there are people who were there that have also dipped out, but there wasn't really just that many people. So to have been there amongst that crew at that time. It's pretty dope, man. It's it's almost hard to believe at this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess there is something to like the Lindy effect. Like the longer you're here, like the longer it'll stay here. And even in human years, it's not that long. In crypto years, it's like an eternity almost for folks that like like zooming back to that time. Um, so it makes sense that most of those folks are still here in some shape, way, or fashion, which is amazing. And yeah, I mean, yesterday, like a decade happened. There's so many things that like Elon did a bunch of things. There's a, an artist, Italian artist, Dot Pigeon, who had like, a, it seemed to me like a copy pasta of like another artist, like exiting. It's like, hey, hey guys, I'm leaving uh, too much like Ponzinomics and uh, FOMO and stuff like that. And people were losing their collective mind. Collectors were like, Bro, you were a fucking leader in Ponzinomics and like burning things. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Why are you, you leaving? Are you rugging us? People were, were losing their mind. And it, it, there's a, a few things to unpack there. It, it seems like maybe in, in one part of that exit letter, there was a, like a miscommunication. I mean, he's an Italian artist, English, not the first language. Um, there's a lot of emotions there. Um, just, seems like it wasn't properly conveyed but also it's there's a lot of collectors that came in came into this space hard in like 2021 peak fomo nft mania prices were just absurd all over the board and a lot of people feeling a little bit burned um and a lot of people feeling like well i was burned like and now the artist who made a made bank is dipping because they quote unquote feel burned they're not really burned they're just rugging there's a lot of emotions um at this like when you get into these points in the market when there's again we've talked about it before it's qualitatively different from 2018 2019 2020 people were gnawing on bones there's still a lot of like filet mignons like rolling around here caviar parties and shit like that but there's a lot of people who are like falling on like tougher times when that shit happens people get really sensitive and it just Optically, people need to be very measured or more measured rather about what they do say because of these heightened emotions. It's it's an interesting state of affairs. I guess I don't know if you're talking with Brookhawk about this, but it, it really does feel like there's a lot of kindling around and it's really easy to spark like a massive conflagration or like a fucking forest fire that burns a lot of shit down and burns a lot of people in the process. So it's a really, really interesting kind of anxiety inducing time. Yeah, I feel like the the longer this like bear market goes on, the more like sort of agitated people get and the more we see sort of people piling on to conflicts and like, you know, sort of looking for ways to sort of, uh, I don't know, take out their annoyance or frustration or whatever, you know, in in different directions of people who like, uh, yeah, or perceived to have been rugging them or everything. 
uh, <laughs> to what you're saying before, man, about like Elon, it's, it's just so sometimes I have to take a step back, man. And it's like so crazy and surreal to me that like here Elon enters like our strange fold, like of all people or whatever with like really bad takes on things. And I'm like, <laughs> like how are we, it, how did we find ourselves like, you know, a stone's throw away from like, you know, Elon Musk's uh, topic of interest or whatever, like after all that ha- that we've been through and how we started, like, you know, what we were just talking about. And here we go, like Elon piling on to, you know, have a bunch of like really dumb takes on things and everything. But uh, but fact remains that this dude is like in our circle to some extent or whatever, or at least adjacent to it. And it's just so odd. <laughs> well, I mean, he always has been. I mean, even like in peak NFT mania, his former significant other, whatever you want to call her, Grimes, they had that, <laughs> that, that um, legendary in a bad way release on Nifty back in the day. Um and there was chatter about him potentially doing an NFT at that time, which like the chatter was was right. real chatter, just never actually. I almost came forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then yesterday, like he did two two big things, like the Doge uh, icon change, which is still there, like fucking hilarious. But then he retweeted that um, Punk six five two nine sees the memes of um, production image, which he subsequently deleted. Like <laughs> I woke oh, up this really? morning. Yeah, I quote tweeted it. A bunch of people did. And then it's just like, it's not there anymore. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> the dude is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, here and there. I mean, it it underscores, like, you know, I've, I to be fair, I've never paid, like, a ton of attention to him other so- outside of, like, you know, headlines and the news that sort of comes across my lap or whatever. Uh, but, like, it, his whole entrance if you'll call it whatever like whatever he's doing like just really underscores something that we've talked about before man which is that like people who really even think they know what's going on from the outside like come out with some like really bad takes and like really uneducated opinions and these are you know people who are looked to uh elon musk aside man a lot of like the companies and venture capitalists and like you know really successful quote unquote successful people have entered the space uh, and I think there was like a lot of sort of like, you know, awe in the beginning that these people were entering and doing these things. And, you know, there was sort of this point like across a lot of the people who had been here for a while that, that you know, starting to almost question ourselves, like, do these do these people know better than we do? Like, you know, they're coming in with all this money and funding and ideas and companies and like all this stuff. Uh, and then you like see some of the decisions that are made and some of the takes and ideas that these people have. And it's just like. Dude, like we like really are the experts around here. And it's it's like crazy to continue to see that like underscored on scale, like playing out in, in front of like tons of people. God damn it, shut up. Okay. Sorry. And and ran anyway on that like spam phone call from fucking Elon Musk's uh you know henchman or something. Ah can you mute that? I don't know, man. Like what the fuck? <laughs> it was like a DDoS attack with a uh, internet. Oh, right. Um, there, there's a lot of threads there. It's like everything that that is happening in crypto and NFT land. It it reduces the degrees of separation to literally everyone. Right. 
that that's something that was like really really clear back in 2021 when all the quote-unquote like normie famous people started popping in reactivating twitter accounts getting ens handles collecting nfts like varying kinds it was like holy shit hopping on calls with people that you never would have imagined you'd ever be able to to see let alone like get into like real conversations with and that's just a function of like the cultural aspect of what's going on here like this is the cultural undercurrent of of the future right the the digital future which is the future of the world but then the (laughs) the cringiness of people that are so excited and, and jump into this space and just don't know the lay of the land they don't know the vibes more or less they just it's continued to fall flat on their face and projects that continue to ignore folks that have been here and the the experience that is accrued through life and limb and like with all the battle wounds and scars to show for it ignoring that is just like basically setting yourself and your project up to fail like you it, it's really table stakes to have i don't want to say someone from the old guard but just someone that really gets the ethos of the space of what works what doesn't to come in and advise because there's some serious trade-offs and um, different approaches that are needed compared to what has traditionally worked in quote-unquote like web two spaces so it's all facts it's all out there everyone that's that's here and has been here for a while understands that uh and it's just making sure that we're we're available we're tapped we're recognized i guess um for the new projects that continue and inevitably will continue to roll keep rolling and setting up shop yeah it uh i feel like it really underscores like the difference this industry i don't know what you call it the spaces whatever the term is like how completely uh turned around it is from like typical models and you know you have all these big players who come in who are successful in coming into something that's popular uh, you know this isn't a, a lot of these like companies celebrities influencers or whatever you know are are pretty well versed in being able to take advantage of what's hot and you know capitalize on uh you know hype cycles and everything which you know i don't think there's you know that it sort of is what it is Uh, But the fact that like so many of them were unable to do that here and have since, you know, written it off or moved on or laid off like all their staff or cut their department or whatever, uh, I feel like, you know, is validating in some ways of, you know, what we've always thought in that this is a, a completely different model that, you know, you have to look at differently and interact with differently in order to have success within it because it, you know, circumvents or, or, you know, uh, gets rid of a lot of the, you know, previous hurdles and things, uh, with, with previous business models and everything. So, uh, so I don't know, man, in, in some ways, you know, I, I, I'm, and maybe this, this is some perspective from having been there since like so early on that, uh, you know, it almost feels like, you know, we, we thought this was like so far off from getting to this point in the first place that it's like, you know, you see people getting discouraged and it's like, dude, we're, we're like, how did we even get here in the first place? <laughs> you know, like all these big players exiting. It's like, you know, the, the fact that they even entered in the first place was somewhat of a validation of like what we're doing here. But the fact that they exited too, and I still firmly believe in what we're doing is also some validation of the fact that like, you know, maybe we really are the the boss motherfuckers around here. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I'll I mean, never miss a chance to like pat ourselves into their own or pat ourselves into <laughs> Never. Um, yeah. And it's, I, this is not exactly what you're saying, but it's related to thought that I've been having, especially recently. And I, I know show has been um, talking about this and screaming about this more accurately for, for months, right? Yeah. Let's get into it. The regulators are coming in and and looking at the space and like like doing a whole bunch of shit, um, but doing a whole bunch of shit because they see a bunch of like rich, famous people coming in and apparently rugging folks or engaging in what looks like scams, right? There's a bunch of like speculators and things like that, and the the real people that are able to like come in and have. A, a new livelihood, a new opportunity for a new kind of livelihood. Artists, digital artists that are changing the trajectories of their their futures forever. Like the the real people, the real opportunities for real people is is all being overshadowed, and it's making it very easy for politicians to just in very very sexy sounding sound bites to say, "Hey, crypto NFTs, fool scammers and grifters." That's shut it down you know and and that's that's everything that's wrong with this space and we just need to to optimize and bias and promote all the the folks like like us like the artists the real builders the real folks that are doing doing everything right to open this up and grow the pie so that more people can come in and connect and contribute and have fun and make money and grow things and develop and things like that sort of like a, a weird sidebar based on what you're talking about but no uh no i mean i, I think it's it holds a lot of the same like ideas and and shout out to show for like constantly railing on this uh but and honestly dude this is why i like never try to get like too i try to stay informed but i try not to get too worked up over anything that's coming down the political landscape with regards to like crypto or or regulation or anything because uh of a lot of the same reasons that i just mentioned i mean you hear some of the stuff coming out of like elizabeth warren's mouth about like crypto and it like very obviously demonstrates a, a lack of understanding. Like she clearly doesn't get how it works or doesn't understand anything about it or is just like regurgitating sound bites on purpose or, you know, whatever, whatever the reasoning is, the, the stuff that is coming out of her mouth that she's using to justify her position, like literally it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and that's a lot of the missteps that a lot of these people have when they're like coming into the space or just sort of like looking at it from the outside, uh, you know, companies, regulators, anybody, they're sort of like sizing it up based on what they've heard or their personal experience and making like, you know, gigantic calls about like the, the future of the space and like, you know, major industries and hiring acquisitions and, you know, all this stuff based on uh, really what, you know, their their own, uh, you know, I guess, expertise that they feel like they have in themselves. Uh, but to get past my ramble, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, like a lot of the regulation and stuff uh, or the laws that are have been put on the table or have had the potential to be like, you know, voted into place or whatever are completely like impractical and like not 
not able to be enforced or like you know all it takes is you know one troll to like unwind this whole thing with like an example of how it doesn't work and and i feel like that's something that i've seen play out like over a decade now like different attempts to like do different things and you know political uh battle cries for people to regular you know rally around about how like you know crypto is evil you know for a long time it was like you know just for drug traffickers or like whatever and it seems like we finally got past that phase uh but it's 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 always a thing there's always like some reason someone wants to regulate it but then if you like you know read the fine print you're like dude this what you're trying to do like makes no sense it's like completely impractical it just sounds like something that people who don't understand it would like to hear yeah interesting interesting state of affairs i I think the more people are cognizant of it the more that will be beginning to hopefully highlight some of the wins that melt some of the the bullshit facade that that people surround themselves with and like the stories that they want to hear and the stories that people say and make because they know that there's a bunch of people that want to hear people in new emerging space that seems so promising get shit on <laughs> because people after a certain point of just like hitting a streak of hard luck, they just get bitter beans and they, they, they revel and they take great joy in other people also like getting a shit time. It's just like a weird aspect of humanity for whatever reason. And just whatever we can do to, to shine a light on that bullshit ice facade melted and, and show them that there's actually a better way even for for themselves like no matter how hard a time anyone's fallen on like if you have an internet connection you can jump in and like meet up with a bunch of folks have a good time and potentially make money on the internet like come on you can't write a better fucking path to flipping the script on one's own life than that yeah i mean i my whole take or angle has always been that the this the script that we're reading from is good enough that the script eventually flips itself. Like the, the wheels are already set in motion. The tools are still there. Uh, what we're doing is very desirable to a lot of people or, or, you know, the, the, you know, ideas that we're uh, pushing and the, you know, concepts that we're, you know, tinkering around with uh, help a lot of people. And I think are I, I uh, desirable to a lot of people. And I think, you know, and that's always been my, and I generally not like super optimistic about stuff. Uh, but I do feel like in this situation, it's always been like a cat is out of the bag and it's only a matter of time until the dominoes fall, but it's just, uh, how, how long is it going to take and how do we get there? Uh, and I feel like there's, you know, I don't know, man, this is something I've like given a lot of thought to as well, because I'm like, you know, as someone who's like inherently like a skeptic and sort of like pessimistic about the political climate system in general, you know, I, I often think to myself, like, is trying to work within the constructs of this, you know, current political framework to get anything accomplished, like productive at all? Or is the answer to just keep building, build a better way and sort of like a what is it like field of dreams or whatever, like if you build it, they will come type of thing. And and. I I do feel like this is one of like few things like that, that, you know, have the potential to be sort of viewed in that and, and, you know, sort of live in that uh, capacity. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to believe it's the latter because the former, like going the traditional political route, is just 
it's a slog it's a grind it's um like the the equivalent of the the old old school nine to five job just like on capitol yeah. hill or like insert whatever the name of capitol hill in any other country is when it comes to their their local government it, it just it's a shit show versus potentially setting up a project or a protocol or whatever in this space that catches the attention and mind share of, of regular people that they fall in love with to a point where it's like, you can't take this away from me. It's like, um, imagine a crypto equivalent of TikTok, right? Something that like hundreds of millions of people use, that hundreds of millions of people in America, let alone the world use, right? The government's talking about taking it away. People are like, okay, we'll probably like switch to like a competing platform because it's all basically the same, whatever. Even though they all have some sort of like, a lot of people have and use those uh, TikTok for like professional reasons, right? That actually somehow ends up winding making the money versus like something with crypto where there's real money involved. There's that network right there. And for the government to be like, you can't do that. <laughs> people would have a, a much deeper attachment to it versus like, yeah, I'll just use my email to sign up somewhere else and whatever, we'll, we'll spin it up again and it'll be okay, right? Like you you can't take this away from people in that same way. And yeah. if that exists for people, it's more of an anchor for them to be like, oh, fuck you government. And the government be like, oh shit, we can't do that. Um, Let's, <laughs> let's make this a real thing with real laws and stuff like that and fast track it. Yeah, uh, Uber comes to mind as something that like, was it got yeah, yeah. got so far out in front so fast that there was like no reeling it back in and there was like a lot of incentive a lot of political incentive for uber not to exist uh you know obviously the the old guard of like cab drivers and everything uh were really unhappy with uber making a splash the way it did uh but it's it's the type of it, the comparison I guess I'm trying to make is that that was something that was like very desirable to a lot of people and you put it in enough people's hands and it's, it's really hard to just take that away uh, in a way that you sort of can with TikTok. You know, I don't think there's quite like the friction point, but that like instantly impacted lots of people's lives in a way that nobody really wanted to give up. They're like, this is good stuff and, and we want this. Uh, and I sort yeah. of feel like crypto is the same type of way in like a more like ambiguous way, but uh, does put a lot of power in people's hands. And once they've got that, it's like, dude, like this is the way we want it to be now. <laughs> and good luck taking it away because that was sort of like the Uber situation as well, where, you know, you, you take Uber away technically, but now the concept is out of the bag in, in terms of, you know, that being a thing that people want. And then now you're back to, you know, playing whack-a-mole with like, now you got Lyft popping up and, you know, other ones. And, uh, you know, if, if it's not that, something else will spring up. And, you know, so, uh, so I, I do sort of feel like this is that in that way. And, and then eventually they just gave up on like regulating Uber to, to some extent. I mean, I know there's like parameters that they have to fall within, but like, you know, Uber got far out enough in front that they aren't going anywhere. And that's like conceptually something that changed everything uh, as well, like across the world. Um, so, uh, so I don't know. I, I, I do have hopes that this is something like along those lines. And I feel like, you know, we're still seeing like a snowball effect of like, you know, we, we, there's like a lot of peaks and valleys in terms of like, who's here at any given point in time. But I do feel like that chart is generally trending upwards, you know, even though it's not a straight linear path. Yeah. 
No, I think that's a great example. Um, it's also really important to note that, like, because they got so far out in front, like, they had people inside, too, that were actively, like, lobbying as well. So they focused on, like, the build something that people love part. And then they're like, okay, well, inevitably, we're going to be somehow attacked by by politicians. So we need to do whatever we can to mitigate against that everywhere. So whatever we do, too, I think... I mean, focusing on the good stuff first, but also not forgetting that somehow, some way, at some time, we need to do that shitty, dirty, late political shit. Um, it's probably the, the the mindset to have. Yeah, I don't know. The the, the difference is the, the sort of decentralized-ish component, right? Because like Uber actually was like an entity that had something to protect there that can get dissolved if they don't protect it. Uh, you know, and with the nature of crypto, I, I feel like that's like whack-a-mole on steroids in terms of people trying to regulate it or squash it because, you know, it, it's, it's already global and there is no like thing to attack other than crypto itself, which is why you get all these like crazy arguments and like people trying to explain it who, who don't really, you know, can't articulate it well or whatever. Um, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't let it bother me too much. Like the, the negative sentiment in the space. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm generally like pretty optimistic about everything. Uh, I, I think we're stuck in like this, like grumpy bear market for a while though. I, I don't like see any major like catalyst on the horizon. That's gonna, you know, jumpstart the next thing anytime soon. Uh, although, you know, I feel like the the bull runs always come like pretty unexpectedly or, or there's like a quick ramp up, like sort of out of nowhere. Um, but I don't know, man, nothing. Everything seems sort of flat right now. And even the stuff that uh, would have been exciting, you know, last year, I feel like people are just sort of like, whatever. Yeah, um, it's it's a good opportunity to get a breather and to focus on the good stuff and to touch grass with with people that you vibe with and connect with. And have been working with for years, just like we're about to do next week, the week after, and <laughs> other points throughout the year. So, you know, I want to. This came up this morning, actually. I was just like thinking about it, and I uh, want to shout out like Frankie Needles because he. I, I have a hard time like stepping away, and uh, Frankie, I had a conversation with him like a while ago about how you know he sort of picks it and chooses his times during the markets or whatever, where he's just like, all right, I'm gonna do my own thing for a little while and I'll come back when I come back because I'm Frankie needles and I'll just come back when I come back because I'm Frankie needles and I can. And, uh, and I appreciated his, that perspective and attitude because that's not something I have like a easy time doing, but, uh, I think underscores your point that like, uh, you know, it's, it's all right. And the people who have been here for a long time aren't going anywhere. And, uh, you know, sometimes these are actually like opportunities to sort of reset and, and get things together for the, the long haul. Yeah. I, I had to tweet about this maybe a few weeks ago. It's just finding one's own cadence, right? It doesn't matter if that cadence is super like spread out and it's like once in a blue moon kind of thing. But if you're always hitting that particular cadence and it works for you and you're getting the results you want, like just do you. Like you don't need to be on 24 seven, tweeting like a maniac, buying all the things, you know what I mean? Some people can do that and they can do that over a long period of time. That's cool if that's their cadence that works for them. But doing you, <laughs> finding your speed, finding your cadence, it's that's the dream. 
And that's yeah. something that this space allows for in, in yeah. many different ways and shades, depending on the, the individuals that come in here and do their thing. Like shout out Frankie Needles. Um, love that guy. But yeah, 100%. No, I feel like that's that's a lot of like the new newbie mistakes that you see people coming in and hitting the ground like so hard and then burning themselves out and they just can't last. And uh, if I can afford ourselves one more pat on the back, man, before we wrap up, I think that's something we've done exceptionally well was like, you know, set ourselves up for a sustainable uh, podcast over the years. That isn't like a huge lift. And we just sort of, you know, do our thing and let the chips fall where they may. And, and same thing with the whip uh and uh have managed to build out those things in a way that you know i feel comfortable that we could continue it for as long as we want to but uh i, I you see a lot of people come in man I, and i'm sure you have it in your dms too the, like people who want to get your take on projects they want to launch and like things they want to you know set up and some of them are great ideas but it's like dude this is this is a huge lift like you know the, you understand what you're setting them setting yourself up for uh and then you see a lot of those huge lifts not pay off immediately or in the way they had hoped to and and you know it never really gets off the ground in the way that anyone had hoped so uh it's it's a skill that i feel like is very understated in the space but you can see who's got a decent cadence man because the, those people are still here Hundred percent. Boom. On that note, want to wrap it up. Um, this week's whip should be cool. Still waiting for a few final final confirmations, but looking like we will have Joe from Forum Three, the I guess creator of the original Starbucks reward program at Starbucks, went on to set up this advisor consultancy that's helping build out the Starbucks Odyssey um, NFT reward program together with Nifty Gateway. We'll be there. We have a community member from TriSteel Cam that should show up and maybe one or two other folks and a jumping course and shit like that. So should be a good one. And a jumping course and shit like that. Uh, really interested in hearing from this dude, uh, Rev in Starbucks. We had a good conversation about that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. So uh, yeah, can't, can't wait to hear uh, about their take. We get show queued up for questions. I'll have some. Show, show had a pre-announcement. He's going to be talking about the Fed now uh, situation for the afties too. So it's going to be cool. Right on. Good show. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Take it easy. All right, dude. Later, man. Peace. Later. Later, Dragonite. See you, Dragonite's mom.